Welcome to the Spurs Up Show, home of the best Gamecocks content on the internet. The following is presented to you by our friends over at MyBookie. Football is back, and so is winning season at MyBookie. NFL, college football, and a brand new cash-out system give you options to bet and win all season long. First two legs of your parlay hit, cash out early and use the funds on another bet, or let it ride for the chance at a bigger payday. Use early cash outs as a tool to stay in control of the action at MyBookie. To get started, go to MyBookie.ag now and register an account for free. When you're ready to make your first deposit, just use promo code TSUS to grab a welcome bonus on the house. That's promo code TSUS to claim your deposit bonus and, for a limited time, a free chip to use in the MyBookie Casino. You can bet on anything, anytime, anywhere, only with MyBookie. We're also brought to you by our friends over at Twisted Tea. Twisted Tea, the drink that fuels fun and celebrates your love for college football. Keep it twisted. We're also brought to you by our friends over at Prize Picks. Go download the Prize Picks app or go to prizepicks.com. And when you do, use the promo code TSUS to receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. Prize Picks is the simplest fantasy game on the market focused around prop total entries. You pick two to six players and you can win up to 10 times on any entry. Price Picks has no sharks, optimizers, or mass multi-entry. It's literally just you against the projection. They also allow mixed sport entry. So, for example, you can take the over on LeBron, parlay with the under on Mahomes. They've got college sports, pro sports, literally anything and everything you can think of. They have got it over at Prize picks. They also have a slick, easy to use mobile app, both on the App Store and Google Play. They're rated 4.8 stars in the App Store with rave reviews. So many fans and listeners of the Spurs Up show have made tons of money with our friends at Prize Picks, and you should as well. So, again, go download the Prize Picks app or go to prizepicks.com. And when you do, use that promo code TS. U.S. to receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. Be sure to check them out and tell them that Chris from the Spurs Up Show sent you. Let's get it! We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. 
Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Appreciate you taking the time. Of course, man. Happy holidays, you and your awesome audience, man. It's uh, great to be with you, man. Uh, family coming to town in a couple of days. Looking forward to it, man. Looking forward to it. It's been uh, fast and furious uh, last few months. And um, going to have some good time off with the fan, man. So, so uh, you know, our job as professionals now, Chris, it's like I am doing uh, – I'm really kind of unplugging here in a minute. Right. Uh, but our our job is, you know, I got shows today and tomorrow. Right. Our, I got shows today and tomorrow. You have shows this week. How can we stay focused on our jobs when we're really looking forward to that chance to just disconnect? Right. So that's the challenge for ourselves. Right. Like we've all been uh, in 10th, 11th, 12th grade and like checked out of what's going on in class. Now we're professionals. We got to make sure uh, we got to make sure we deliver some of our best shows over the next couple of days, even though we're really looking forward to all the goodies that mom is bringing to town. You know, so, Mark, with that being said, I'll start you off with a zinger. I mentioned today this afternoon, the famous toastery bowl will be taking place, which I don't know if you've ever had the famous toastery. I lived in Charlotte for four years. Very, very good spot. But if you could name a bowl game, right, because we've got crazy bowl game names. If you could name a bowl game, is there anything in particular? What name would you give, like, the Mark Ryan Bowl? What would be the nickname for that bowl game? I got a couple that I really like, Chris, actually. Uh, it would be the, you know, the hardest bowl to wash in your sink is the crust, is the, it is the crusted over cornflakes bowl. Have you ever had a bowl where you had to wash out crusted over cornflakes that were, like, attached to the side of the bowl? Like uh, like a muscle is attached to a rock on the ocean, you know those things don't come off, man. So I've always been a fan of the crusted over cornflakes bowl. As a Gator or a Gamecock fan, I'm sure we would accept a bid to that bowl right now. And also the <laughs> scrubbing bubbles toilet bowl, Chris. Uh, those are my those are my two favorite uh, two favorite bowl games. I can't tell you who's playing in this famous Amos toaster strudel bowl that you're talking about. Who's playing today? I have no idea. Honestly, I, I'd have to look it up. I, I, I literally still, we're going to find this out. I, I can't continue through the show without knowing. By the way, what's who's up, Madison? Playing in the game. Good to see you, buddy. Uh, appreciate the uh, appreciate the hello. And I uh, want to wish uh, all of the uh, Daily Crow listeners, man, a Merry Christmas and a really happy holiday. You know, whether you guys love us or hate us, you're here and you're tuned in, right? And uh, the uh, the listeners have a right to vent. So, uh, so regardless of your feelings for us, I appreciate you tuning in, right, uh, to this show, to Offsides, and, uh, you know, 
the, the like or hate part doesn't matter so much as it, it does that you're tuned in. Mm-hmm. And we, we value and appreciate that more than you'd ever know. So thank you. So for the for you and the audience, Mark, I doubt anybody would have been able to get this unless they looked it up. Old Dominion takes on Western Kentucky in the famous Toastery Bowl. So, hey, listen, it's football, hey, right? We're sitting here in the middle of July. We'll wish we had Old Dominion in Western Kentucky to pop on the TV in the afternoon and have that kind of on in the background, if you will. Mark, let's get into everything, man. Again, it's it's you think to yourself, okay, it's middle of December. Things have slowed down. We're kind of nestling up to the fire. Nothing's going no, no. The, the, the craziness and the madness, I, I would almost argue, Mark, we're more busy right now and there's more things happening darn near than in season with this world of free agency that we've built in college football. Let's first, Mark, keep it in the Palmetto State, though. Gamecocks, I think what's interesting, Gamecocks with nine commitments in the transfer portal or through the portal, they rank sixth overall right now. Clemson with zero. What do you make of that? What, what do you make of because – you know, we had seen Clemson offering some guys in the portal, and so you're thinking to yourself, okay, maybe Dabo's turned a new leaf. He's going to start embracing the portal. Your thoughts on who the Gamecocks have picked up and what Clemson's not doing in the transfer portal, how you think that could affect the rivalry in the two programs and as they go on their respective paths, if you will. So my heart, Chris, absolutely loves what Dabo is doing. Right. Like he is digging his heels in and saying, this is not the college football that I know. Cliff Ellis, head basketball coach at Coastal Carolina, just retired. We played his clip on CBS Sports Radio this weekend. Why? He said, I don't recognize this game anymore. There's no way to build continuity in college basketball. This is not the game that I know. He's telling you he's he's throwing that cautionary bow out there about how awful this is. My heart loves what Dabo is doing. My head says that if you plan, if you have designs on winning uh, a national championship and you don't use the transfer portal, you better have a class in the top five. And Clemson does not. If you don't have a class in the top five, I think you've got to use it to supplement your roster. Now, I was reading the other day because it's one of my favorite pieces every year, Chris, the Bud Elliott Blue Chip Ratio article. I I read that every so often. Mm. And he says, what you see in terms of teams with heavy use of the portal is one of two scenarios. You see a brand new coach looking to jumpstart his new team, or you see a coach in trouble trying to save his job. Which of those two categories is Shane Beamer in? I would say he's trying to save his job right now with a good season in 2024. (laughs) Okay. So, so he's like, those are Bud Elliott's words, Mm. right? Those are Bud Elliott's words is that, you know, you're seeing coaches use it as a jumpstart or to save their jobs. I'm more in line with you that he's feeling the pressure. Um, I differ from you a little bit, Chris, in that I think he could lose his job, perhaps even should lose his job if there's another losing record there. Uh, if, if, if this season produces another losing record, especially when you consider that there's four baked in wins to the 2020. So how many games do you need to win two games all year? Because you have four wins already on the tally, mm-hmm. okay? you got to win two games all year. So with that being said, with the model that is in place, and as much as I don't like the, you know, let's go to the highest bidder, um, Chris, you can't identify for me how South Carolina to Arkansas is a step up for Rocket. It's a step up in the, pay, in, in the, in the, uh, in the account balance, right? But I'm not sure, like, 
Do they have better run blocking than, than Arkansas? No, they don't. Uh, what was lacking for Rocket Sanders in Arkansas? Does he ever say that? When is the press conference where he states what was lacking at Arkansas? What was lacking was the bank account at Arkansas. Okay. That said, that is the system. And South Carolina, that's the system at least right now. And South Carolina uh, landed an impact player at a position of need. I would argue, Chris, that they may not have had RB1 or RB2 last season. Now they have RB1 and RB2. That's that. That's, I mean, so has the team gotten better? Yes, the team has gotten better. And so I think Beamer's done a really, really nice job. I'm more fascinated, Chris, in seeing does South Carolina beat Clemson in the actual high school recruiting rankings? Because the last time that happened was when? Anybody? Bueller? Fry? I think I saw you post it was like 2013, maybe 2014. Close. 12. 12. 2012. Okay. Per the uh, 24-7 sports industry composite rankings, the last time the industry of recruiting rankings said that South Carolina had a better class than Clemson was 2012. So is there any fish out there, Chris, that could push Clemson, push South Carolina over the top? Wouldn't that be a fascinating story? You know, I mean, imagine, imagine if you're Beamer, what you could flex if you said, last year we beat Clemson. This year we beat him for the first time in a dozen, in a dozen years in recruiting rankings. That would be a hell of a flex, right, for, for Beamer and the Gamecocks. And they're this close to being able to do just that. Uh, yeah, I think even, Mark, to your point, even after losing the game at Williams-Brice Stadium, because of the way the game went, right, I, I think if you're able to win that recruiting battle, to your point, and finish ahead of the Tigers, that certainly would be another feather in your cap. And, and you could at least, I think, convince folks because of that, what you're doing in the portal we're still trending in the right direction. We can still go up there to their place next year and beat them. You mentioned, Mark, I mean, why not? Let's go ahead and talk about it because it feels like this happened forever ago because everything that happened with the portal of what have you. But last Wednesday night, we got the SEC schedules. We already knew who everybody was playing, but we got the actual schedules themselves. It's, it's one thing to know who you're playing, Mark, but it's another to see, oh, we got to go to Alabama and then to Oklahoma. It's like to see that on – and then, of course, I'm not getting any sympathy from you as a Gator man, but um, you've looked at that 2024 schedule and you have come to the conclusion that five and seven or worse should get Shane Beamer canned. Is that correct? 100%. And that is, that is not going to change, okay? Um, you can't convince me, all right, um, that in year four – there's any excuse for having a losing record year four what's the excuse for that you know like you can't convince me chris i i want us when we solidify our decisions and we may have already done that i want us to st stand by what we're saying and that is and you let me know if yours has, have changed uh we've said seven and five next year is a success six and six is a disappointment five and seven and there's a new coach OK, and was, that means seven and five and above is success. Now, I, I don't want to speak for you. I don't believe you said five and seven and below is a new coach. You said five and seven and below is failure. Um, so that that is the difference that we uh, that we have. You can't tell me that six. I had a Gamecock fan last week, Chris, tell me six and six is success. Brother, six and six is 50 percent. You know, what grade is that on your in, in eighth grade for you on a test? That's 
at best, you could say six and six in the SEC is a C. You know, like, again, man, you know, I, I'll mention this to you, Chris. Like, the expectations at, at South Carolina uh, have been in the scrubbing bubbles toilet bowl for about the last 50 years. And the best way to elevate the program is to change that. I hear that when Gamecock fans lower expectations left and right. Gamecock football fans are the same thing as Clemson basketball fans. You know, Brad Brownell has sucked for 13 years. He go, he starts 9-0. and Can't fire him. Oh, 9-0. and Chris, if, uh, if you had a 13-year relationship, girl treated you awfully for 13 years, treats you well for two months, that means you shouldn't get rid of him? <laughs> I mean, what, how does that even make any sense? Have some damn pride in yourselves. Mm-hmm. Have some expectations. Chris, to, to your point, what I saw you tweet out, and incidentally, I'd love your opinion on this. I mean, mm-hmm. you said uh, thoughts to the audience, but I never heard your opinion. You said, would you take Juice Wells back? And Chris, like, just take an ice pick and jam it in my retina. I was looking at the responses. And most of these poor, sad, stepped-on Gamecock fans wrote in that comments, "Yeah, oh, if he can help the team, we'll gladly have him back. If he can help the team, bro, he used you. He abused you. Some of you lost money on that guy that put money in the collective. You guys aren't attending South Carolina. You're attending what's the matter you? What's the matter you? Come on, man. Have some pride. Have some standards. You know what you say to Juice Wells? The hell out of here. Don't let the door hit you where the good Lord splits you. I'm out. Mark drop. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around. A watch she can wear every day for movement. Whether mom's into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, movement has something she'll love. And right now, you can save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with up to 50% off site-wide during movement's Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com. For what it's worth, Mark, I would not have taken him back. I, I thought Thank it was an you. interesting – I I, I feel – yeah, I feel the same way about the Juice Wells thing, maybe even more strongly so than what I did or what I said last year about because we were having a very similar conversation about Jaheim Bell when you know those rumors started. And 
my take on it then, you know, Jaheim Bell, one of his favorite slogans was, and I think still is, stand on business. And my take was I think everybody should just stand on business. I think he should stand on business. I think South Carolina should stand on business, and they should wish each other well, or or maybe not, and just keep it moving. And I thought this situation, to your point, Mark, was the exact same. I, I just think at some point it's you got to realize it's it's okay to expect more than the bare minimum. You know what I mean? And and I think that, uh, yeah, I know it makes people uncomfortable, but in this world of NIL and Portal, and like I'm, I'm seeing people on social media, maybe you disagree with me on this, but I'm seeing stuff like, you know, we 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 got people from on three and twenty four seven reporting when a guy or where a guy's going to school, and people are saying. Oh, what about a kid's moment? How dare you steal the I'm like, that was gone when free agency was introduced. Like if a if a reporter gets a scoop, he's reporting it. it it's a a kid's moment, be damned. Like we are not in middle school anymore. This is not the, the soft, innocent college football. You and I like this is this is a business, right? And so, yeah, I mean, it's when a guy does what Juice Wells does. And I don't have any hate or animosity for Juice Wells in my heart by any means, but from a sports perspective and a business perspective. You keep it moving, and South Carolina, to your point, needs to have some dignity and keep it moving themselves, too. Again, this is a bit of a moot point because he's now at Ole Miss, which, perfect segue into it. We can talk about that. I mean, I think what Lane Kiffin, what Ole Miss are doing, you know, again, you can feel as iffy as you want about the portal, but it feels like they're building a super team. It, it This feels like Florida State all over again. What they did last year, adding all these pieces – I mean, it's wildly impressive, and then you get Juice Wells. So, um, yeah. What are you What are you getting with Juice Wells, though? Yeah. Are you getting? Oh, Good what are you point. With Juice Wells? But are I don't do you think Lane Kiffin making, cares. Do you think Lane you Kiffin a, cares? Are you getting a guy making eight hundred k that's going to stub his toe and then be out for the year? You know, I mean, like, well, what are you What are you getting? If he's cleared to play and he's not playing, you know, and and the people that put money in the South Carolina portal, did they get that back? Do you know? Do I know? Is Juice Wells just able to cash a check? You know, well, where is Shane Beamer coming out and saying all those people who put money into our collective and some of that money went to Juice Wells, you will get your money back because what that what happened last year was ridiculous. Chris, anything else you buy, the product doesn't come. The product comes defective. You get your money back. Well, let, let, name me a product where you don't get your money back. And if you don't get your money back, that company isn't bi- isn't in business very long. You got hard-working Gamecock fans putting money into a collective to see a guy play football who is cleared to play, who is not playing, and then pieces out. And then you have these poor Gamecock fans who have been abused their whole lives with a bad football product, bad leadership, saying, yeah, we take them back. I don't get it. I don't get it, man. Juice Wells would be nowhere close to my program. And I can tell you that, Chris, at the same and in the same breath say, wow. Lane Kiffin said, we need some more NIL if we're going to compete because we can't recruit the way that Alabama and Georgia can. we got to get all these guys in the secondary market. They've delivered on the secondary market, and now Ole Miss just might be a contender. And to your point, Mark, the thing with NIL right now is, no, nobody gets their money back. The approach is when that happens – you must give more to compete and get the next guy. And so, I mean, that's yeah, forget the hard. fact that you just yeah, you just wasted fifty thousand dollars. So right. Forget that fact, right? God, gosh, man, that's that's incredible to me. What what are the numbers you're hearing that Juice Wells made at South Carolina, Chris? I heard eight hundred grand. 
So from what I heard, Mark, and, and I mean, I've talked to people, and I'm sure you have as well around Gamecock football, but what I've actually heard, it was it was less than people realized. Like, okay. But it was still, you know, six figures. I, I've heard 350K. Um, so, you know, not a million, not, you know, high sixes, but still, I mean, a, a lot of money. Let's not pretend like that's not a significant amount of money for especially a guy to not play and then dip out. So I don't know what old Miss is giving him. I, I mean, from the Gamecock folks I've talked to, they don't feel like there's any way that he's going to be as well taken care of. But, you know, should we also think about the football side of things where maybe he doesn't, maybe Juice Wells didn't believe in Lenora Sellers throwing in the football and Jackson Dart is coming back and Lane Kiffin's your head coach and you're going to be in an elite offense. And I'm not justifying why Juice Wells made the right decision because what he did it was the right decision for him, but obviously it's the way it happened is not commendable, but I'm just also giving all perspectives from this. So um, in regards to why he may have left, but you know, the situation is a complete mess. And unfortunately I think for all the good that NIL has done for guys, that is a situation where it shows the dark side of it, where well, well, Chris, players can take know, advantage Chris, of the system. You know, I don't mean to go all religious on you. Okay. But, but even the, the Bible says, your character is more important than your wealth, right? Mm -hmm. I, I would like to just send that message in a gift basket to Juice Wells. Your character is more important than your wealth. Um, do you, would you say that's accurate to Juice Wells? I would not. Mm -hmm. And and so, frankly, I think what he did is gross. Mm -hmm. And uh, you couldn't be further away from that guy if you're a Gamecock fan. Not a single soul, not a single Gamecock fan should want that guy anywhere near the program. And when he comes to town, give him help. Give him help. The Spurs Up show is brought to you by our friends over at Twisted Tea. Are you ready to elevate your college football game day experience? Check out Twisted Tea, your go-to game day beverage for college football fans. Twisted Tea is unlike any hard beverage you've had before. It's made with real brewed tea, and packs a flavorful punch with 5% alcohol and no carbonation, delivering the perfect balance of taste and refreshment that goes down smooth for every game day occasion. No need to settle for the usual. Twisted Tea turns up any occasion, especially when you're cheering for your favorite team. Whether you're tailgating in the stadium parking lot, watching at a bar, or hosting friends at home, Twisted Tea is there to elevate the game day experience. It perfectly complements your love for college football and your passion for creating unforgettable moments. So let's toast to unforgettable game day experiences. Twisted Tea, the drink that fuels fun and celebrates your love for college football. Keep it twisted. The Spurs Up Show is also brought to you by our friends over at Game Time. Download the Game Time app or head over to GameTime.co and use the promo code Spurs up for $20 off your first purchase. Again, that's promo code Spurs up, S P or S U P, for $20 off your first purchase. Game time is the best ticket buying app available that removes all the stress of the ticket buying process. They have things like images of your seat before you buy, so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. Guys, you can buy your tickets in a matter of seconds, two taps and you're set. And also tickets, they're sent directly to your phone. So no more scrambling, searching through your email, trying to find the tickets you just bought, whether it be the Gamecocks, a concert, 
a comedy club event, you name it, whatever the event is, buying tickets shouldn't be stressful. And game time is the way to go. Again, that's our friends at game time. Go download the game time app or go to gametime.co. And when you do, create an account and use promo code SPURSUP. That's S P or S U P for $20 off your first purchase. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Mark, with National Signing Day upcoming Wednesday, you talked about recruiting rankings, the the blue chip ratio, if you will, in your opinion, right? I don't know how big of a signing day guy you were. You know, there's some people out there that really love it, right? Really get into recruiting and, and what National Signing Day is. With the portal in NIL, does it – does it put a damper on it for you? Do, do you did you once look at National Signing Day as like this almost like national holiday, and now it's kind of like with the new age of football, it's not as it, it's not as big for a prospect to sign with your school. Do you still love it? Where do you stand on the National Signing Day that's upcoming on Wednesday? Man, everyone's been in a, like acting, and Clemson fans especially like Florida's losing <laughs> DJ Lagway, and there's been not a single shred of credible evidence to that, right? Uh, this seems to be the new signing day, Chris, and I still get into it. And I'll tell you why. All right. The blue chip ratio is the thing that I've kind of latched onto. Three of the four teams in the college football playoff have met the blue chip ratio. The one that hasn't is Washington. But Elliot says in the blue chip ratio article, and for those of you listening and saying, what is the blue chip ratio? The last 20 national champions in college football, have all had a blue chip ratio of 50% or better, meaning at least half of the players on the team or more were four and five star players coming out of high school. That's been true for the last 20 national champions. Now, Bud Elliott says, is this going to remain unbeaten? He said, eventually, he thinks a team in the 40 percentile, 40% of their guys are blue chip, will win when they have a high, a superstar transfer portal quarterback. Well, Chris, look what we have this year. Washington, Michael Penix Jr. The blue chip ratio says they can't win it, right? Because the talent isn't there. Uh, Part of the reason Florida State was kept out is because the committee didn't feel like the talent on the roster was there. Florida State was short of the blue chip ratio. The blue chip ratio is the minimum requirement that you need to, to be a national championship contender in terms of talent. So Texas meets it. Alabama meets it. Michigan meets it. Washington does not meet it. But Michael Penix Jr. means that, brother, they got a they got a shot for the first time. So, and Chris, the blue chip ratio does not incorporate the transfer portal. And yet, even in the transfer portal era, it's still accurate. It's still like, so to me, what it tells me is the transfer portal is a complement, right? It's a side dish it's not the entree your high school recruiting needs to be the entree and that to me chris is what it should be if you are living and dying in the transfer portal as bud elliott says you're probably a new coach with a garbage roster or you're a coach trying to save his job um and i think for the transfer portal portal to remain a roster complement, right not a roster entree is the right use of the portal and, well, Mark Ryan, that's not what Florida State did, and Florida State isn't where they want to be now, are they? They're not. So nothing, what – Let me, nothing, nothing how, would you, how would you categorize 
Lane Kiffin and the Ole Miss Rebels. I, I know that's a little bit different because they're still like top 20 nationally in recruiting. I think they're actually, I think actually South Carolina is one spot ahead of Ole Miss um, in the SEC recruiting rankings, but Ole Miss still, it's not like they're putting together terrible recruiting classes. But I mean, how would you categorize them? Or do you feel like there's going to be one offs every year to where maybe they're the exception to the rule that you just stated? Um, <clears throat> Because so it feels I like think- it feels like Ole Miss is is looking at what they did this year. They're looking at their schedule next year and saying, "Okay, we can go out get ten game changers. We're a playoff team. It might be a flash in the pan one year, but that's all we got to do. We just got to get there one year with the right roster." And unfortunately for FSU, to your point, I mean, if they didn't have the quarterback injury, it may have worked out for them. Well, Chris, now that the playoff is 12 teams moving forward, why can't Ole Miss make it every year? You know, and people say, yeah. well, it's hard to get elite-level athletes to come to Mississippi. Well, why? It's just because I mean, of a lack of I mean, Kiffin's doing it, so Kiffin's doing With, it. Right, right. So, so, I mean, you get kids to come to Louisiana that are top-end athletes. Why can't you get top-end athletes to come to Mississippi? What's really the difference in those states, right? Like, what, what is really the difference? So – my, my answer on Kiffin is he asked for more NIL money. He's gotten more NIL money. Um, I don't like, you know, Chris enough about me to know that uh, how you do things matters. And so Lane Kiffin is playing by the rules. He's tired of being at a disadvantage to the Alabamas and the Georgias of the world. I long for a day where there are guardrails for this stuff, you know, and, Maybe the players are part of a revenue sharing plan as opposed to just everybody going to the highest bidder all the time. Maybe players are employees, but this is the system that we have right now. And whereas I don't love it, I can't argue with the fact that Ole Miss has dramatically improved its roster. And if you're looking at it outside looking in, man, they've got to be one of your 12 for the playoff next year, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, like if you're picking the 12 playoff teams for next season, is Ole Miss not in that top 12? I think they most certainly are. I think especially, Mark, they definitely are when you factor in the fact that I don't think he's announced officially, but I'm pretty sure Jackson Dart, their quarterback, is going to be back. Quinshawn Judkins, good chance he's back. What they've added in the portal, what they're adding defensively, what Pete Golding was able to do in his first year as D.C. Yeah, I I, I think Ole Miss absolutely has got to be one of those teams you're looking at as one of your 12 for the playoff next year. Uh, Mark, there very well may be a good chance this is the last time we speak to you before the turn of the year, before the turn of yeah. the calendar, if you will. Yeah. Um, I want to run through these SEC bowl games and, and get your picks. Can we do that? Can, can we just just oh, off the cuff first it's reaction? Just, you know, yeah. I, I know, you know, there's a lot of games, obviously, but if, if you're cool with that, can we run? There's oh, nine absolutely. games. No, no, okay. no, absolutely, brother. Absolutely. So um, so we will absolutely look forward to being back on with you in uh, 2024. It feels weird to say that, doesn't it? It feels mm-hmm. weird to say, see you in 2024, <laughs> see you next year. But that's where we're at, man. That's that's where it is. We've done it. We've made it to the end of another great year. Uh, so, yeah, man, let's rock and roll. All right, cool. We'll start, Mark, with the Texas Bowl, Oklahoma State and Texas A&M. Uh, I, I, Oklahoma State has a consistent head coach, right? Um this game means something to them. AM is in a period of transition. Uh, AM has more roster talent, even with all their defections. But at the same time, I think Oklahoma State has more continuity. I like what they're playing for more. Give me the Cowboys. 
How about the Gator Bowl, Mark? Kentucky and Clemson. Again, these are two teams that we saw at the end of the season face off against South Carolina. Uh, thoughts on that game, Kentucky and Clemson? I think Clemson got jobbed with the opponents. I mean, I, I felt like they deserve better, man. How about Clemson and LSU? All defense versus all offense. I mean, I, these bowl matchups, Chris, are the cure for insomnia. You know, we got we got bowl games going on, Chris. You don't even know you you and I don't even know who's playing in the bowl games anymore. So uh, so I, I think Clemson wins pretty comfortably in this. The good thing about this one is Dabo does a great job of getting the kids ready to play. They always play like they're playing in the Super Bowl in these games. I think Mark Stoops and Kentucky are also motivated to go up against a brand name in Clemson. So I think this could be one of the better bowl games in terms of effort. I just think, you know, Devin Leary, let's be honest, was a flop. Mm-hmm. Was he not? I mean, that was a total flop. Mm-hmm. This, was, this was a quarterback whose arm was good enough for the ACC, but not good enough for the SEC. And we saw it all bloody season. Clemson by double digits. Clemson by double digits. Okay, let's move to the Cotton Bowl. Ohio State and Missouri, I think this has got the potential outside of the playoff to be maybe the best bowl game of bowl season. Buckeyes and Tigers, who do you got? I'm going Mizzou. I'm going Mizzou in this one. A lot of opt-outs uh, for Ohio State. A lot of their quarterback. A ton a of opt-outs. opt-outs. Ton yeah. of opt-outs. Um, and quarterback question in doubt. And, you know, the whole – the team that got jobbed, that – in terms of motivation, it doesn't really play out that way. You know, man, we got screwed. We're going to come out with our hair on fire. That's not what we see historically in bowl history, Chris. Mm. We see that the team that got job look like they don't want to be there. <laughs> Meanwhile, Missouri is very, very motivated. Ohio State has more talent, but I like Missouri in a close one. How about you? What do you think? I'm picking Missouri as well. Again, I think one go. team in Ohio State would rather be anywhere else, and I think Missouri's fired up. I, I said this last week, Mark. If Ohio State wins or loses against Missouri, they're still Ohio State. What a win could do for the Missouri program, beating Ohio State, massive. And I think they're going to play with their hair on fire. I think Ohio State, again, that wasn't their goal. They don't want to be there. I think Mizzou's going to punch them in the mouth. So I, I've got the Tigers in that one as well. Clemson, How about the P- Kentucky, who you got? Clemson, Kentucky. I'm picking Clemson. I, I'm picking Clemson. Sure. To your point, I, I think Clemson's defense, I just think Devin Leary, I, I think it's going to be a sloppy game, slugfest kind of game. Uh, we saw these two offenses against South Carolina, yeah. right? Um I think Clemson – I don't know if double digits, but I, I do like Clemson in the game to win that one. Um, okay, the Peach Bowl, Ole Miss and Penn State. We were just talking about them. Ole Miss and Penn State, who do you got? By the way, win for Ole Miss would be their 11th win, first time in school history if they do it. Going Ole Miss. Going going, uh, going hotty-totty in this one, Chris. Uh, absolutely. Uh, James Franklin, to me, is the coach who's always the bridesmaid, never the bride. This is, unfortunately, a bridesmaid bowl. Lane Kiffin, let's be honest, Chris, these are bridesmaid teams, right? Mm. That's why Kiffin is in the portal. And so this game determines which of these two programs is best equipped to leave that status behind, right? To find their forever. Uh, and I think I think Lane Kiffin and Ole Miss are closer. Give me the Rebels in this one. I like the Rebels as well, Mark. That's a good pick. How about the Music City Bowl? This might be the one that is the biggest snoozer of all. The Auburn Tigers and the Maryland Terrapins. The correct answer is the who gives a bleep ball, Diesel. I mean, uh, Chris, I just called you Diesel, my bad. Uh, Who gives a bleep? Uh, I'll go Auburn. Um, 
I like the end of season form. And I, I do think, whereas they weren't going to go to a great bowl game anyway, I do think they'll be pissed off that uh, the way that the Auburn game ended. SEC talent versus Big Ten talent. Give me, uh, give me Auburn in this one. How about the Orange Bowl, Georgia and Florida State? This is a game that I, I think if played about a month ago would have been an all-time classic. Now, I'm not so sure what to expect from the Knowles. Your thoughts on this one between the Dogs and the Seminoles? Yeah, my thoughts are Georgia wins big, and that has abs- that offers absolutely no evidence whatsoever for why Florida State should have been left out of the playoff. Mm-hmm. You know, like, there are uh, really lazy arguments out there. Oh! Look, Georgia ran them. Looks like they didn't deserve. No, no, no. They deserve to be in the playoff based on what they achieved. Them being an underdog has no bearing on whether they deserve to be there or not. And what bothered me so much about what the committee decided was they decided that ifs, we think, we think they're not the same team. They decided that that was more important than evidence, which is their 13-0 body of work. And then the worst thing, Chris, is I keep getting told, Florida State's strength of schedule was 55. What does that have to do with how good they are? You know, like, again, what could they have done about that? They play in the ACC. They scheduled LSU. They scheduled Florida. You're holding a schedule of 55 against them. Like, what could they have done that they didn't do? You know, Uh, and again, you know, consistency is part of greatness, right? Alabama had crap games every month of the season. September to Texas, September to USF, October to Arkansas, beat them by three. Arkansas won one SEC game. Please don't remind me who Arkansas beat. Um, And then November against Auburn. Alabama had crap games every single month. How are they this great team? Consistency is a part of greatness, right? So uh, there you go, man. Um, I I think Georgia wins that game big. Mm. I do. How about LSU and Wisconsin and the ReliaQuest Bowl? Like, why? Why is this the matchup? <laughs> why couldn't we re- re- rely a quest on something better than that? You know, uh, Chris, it's LSU big, mm. big in this game. I mean, who cares? You know, like this is this is a Big Ten afterthought. But uh, I mean, would you agree? LSU big in this one? Yeah, I think it depends on does Jaden Daniels play. I, yeah. I don't know that we really know that. So if, yeah. if he does, yeah, if he does, I don't think Wisconsin has the horses even remotely to keep up in this one. Uh, how about the Citrus Bowl? You can't spell citrus without UT, right? Tennessee and Iowa. Uh, the over-under is 36 and a half, I think, if it's still that. I think the big question is can Iowa even score double-digit points? I think Tennessee big in this one again. It's I know their defense is great, and Tennessee's not exactly world beaters, but how can you trust the Iowa offense, Mark, to do anything? So who do you like in the Citrus Bowl? Uh, I like Tennessee. Tennessee. I, I strongly advise, Chris, you never to say to a woman, you're the only 10 I see, okay? Uh, <laughs> but uh, Tennessee, this is one of the more intriguing matchups, and the NFL never gives you a matchup like this, okay? Mm-hmm. Uh, all offense versus all defense, and we're getting that matchup. Tennessee just has too much firepower for Iowa men. They, they, they just do. And whereas, you know, I think it's really insulting to a Florida State to compare them to Iowa, uh, Florida State has dudes. Iowa has a system. Uh, I don't think that's going to be enough. I, I think, you know, Tennessee is able to get to a first-digit two and not just a safety, you know, so a two-digit number that starts with two, 
and Iowa's going to have a hard time getting to a two-digit number, period, right? So I, I do think Tennessee wins this game, and that's one of the ones I'm really looking forward to uh, seeing, Kristen. Yeah, I saw you drop in the old Spurriorism. You can't spell citrus without UT. You know, there's a lot of programs out there. You might know two of them who would love to be in the Citrus Bowl right now. <laughs> you know? Indeed. Indeed. Uh, Mark, last one. The Alabama Crimson Tide taking on the Michigan Wolverines. This one, of course, the game we are all looking forward to. New Year's Day, 5 p.m. Eastern kickoff on ESPN. And again, the setting, Mark, couldn't be better out in Pasadena at the Rose Bowl. Uh, your thoughts on this one? Who wins between the Crimson Tide and the Wolverines? If you're a Michigan fan, you're nervous because you've seen the track record of Nick Saban with all this time to prepare, right? It never works well for the opposition. That said, Chris, I picked Michigan as my national champion when the year began. You don't stick with a bad pick if it's a bad pick, but I think it's a good pick. Um, I've studied the national champions the last 10 years, and um, the last 10 years, Chris, the team that has won the national championship has been in the top 10 in either total offense or total defense. Michigan is number two in total defense. Um, additionally, they're in the top third in total offense, which is the other requirement. You got to be top 10 in one, top third in the other. So right around 45 or 50, Michigan meets the criteria. So the other two schools that did were Georgia and Oregon, and they're both out. So I'm going to go with what history tells me. I'm going to go with what my preseason pick was, and I'm going to say Michigan finds a way to get it done. Uh, a team as inconsistent as Alabama, who's high, whose best is an A-plus, capable of beating Georgia, um, and whose low is capable of struggling with Arkansas and USF. I, I don't think that consistent, that the lack of consistency uh, beats Michigan. I also think, Chris, it's – like, nobody's mentioning that Alabama beat Georgia by three with its two best receivers hobbling throughout that whole game. Mm. You know, we just we, we just give Alabama credit being number one, whereas like, when that game is played, Alabama-Michigan, if mm. the opponent was Georgia, I think you'd pick Georgia mm. because now Lad McConkey isn't limping. Now Brock isn't limping, right? <clears throat> And if they played that game again, and you said to me, Mark, the line is Georgia minus six and a half, I'd take Georgia and lay the points. And I would say, Georgia, man, I got a healthy receiving core, and I have the revenge factor. Give me Georgia, right? So, I mean, there were Alabama had a perfect storm, a confluence of events going on. I'll take Michigan to win that game. How, what, what do you, how do you see it? I, I hate to be the one to have the cop-out answer of I haven't made my pick yet. I really haven't. Uh -huh. um, I, I <laughs> You know, Mark, oh, I, I just – I don't know, man. Somebody once told me you don't get rich betting against Nick Saban, and I just think with a month to get ready, I, they are inconsistent. I guess the question is, do you bank on Nick Saban with extra time having Alabama ready to play at the best version of them we have seen versus the Jordan Hare – having to survive via a miracle against a bad Auburn team version. So it's like, what version of Bama will you get? I got to roll with Bama, man. I got to roll with the Crimson Tide. I, I doubted Bama all year, man. I, dude, I, I picked Bama to go 9-3. and three. I picked Georgia in the SEC title. I have been burned by Bama so much this season. If I'm going to go down, I'm going to go down with the Crimson Tide this time, man. I just – I can't do it again, so – 
We'll see. <laughs> I think it's going to be a classic, though. I think it's going to be, be an Alabama-Texas rematch for the national I, champion. Which, which would be electric and Mark. Nobody would love that more than Greg Sankey over at the SEC office. Yeah. Two SEC teams technically in the national title. Mark Ryan of the Fan Upstate, offside to Mark Ryan. I'll be jumping on your show later today, so we really are double-dipping today. But, Mark, uh, if we don't speak to you again on these airways before the turn of the calendar, Merry Christmas to you first off, but Happy New Year. Appreciate everything you did for us in 2023, my friend. All the, the great memories, the segments, the value you provided our audience, and thank you so much for having me on. I value our relationship. I value our friendship. It truly means the world. And again, I think our audience would say the same, although sometimes you get under their skin. I think they appreciate the fact that you challenge them, you provide different perspectives, you bring the heat, you bring the banter, and I can't say thank you enough, man. Truly, it's been a pleasure. I want to wish Merry Christmas to most, most of your audience, Chris. Uh, most of your audience, I send uh, Merry Christmas. What would you, what would you give the bottom ten percenters for Christmas, Mark? A lump of coal or something worse? <laughs> I'll see what I can think of. I'll see what I can think of, buddy. Uh, no, but uh, no, man. It's, a, it's I, I truly value the the friendship and uh, the relationship as well, man. And thank you very much for for having me on all year long. It's a fun time. You know, guys, in, in this business, uh, there's people who just vibe with an on-air capacity. And Chris and I used to crack the mic and we just go, you know, we just go. And I end up saying, man, like that was a really good subplot. Or I really like when the conversation went there. And I end up bringing that back to, to uh, offsides as well. So this doing this has become kind of show prep for my own show because I always end up incorporating some of the discussions uh, into the, into our show. So guys, Merry Christmas. And uh, we'll see you on the daily crow in 2024. We'll see you next year. Mark. I appreciate you, man. We'll talk soon. All right. Take care. Guys. Take care.